You're listening to Get the Balance Right Podcast, where you'll learn how to run a successful business and balance it with your busy life. I'm your host, Heather Zeitzwolf, CPA, Profit Advisor, and Money Coach. I work with creative entrepreneurs to take the mystery and confusion out of their numbers so they can reach their financial goals. Do you want a life that is emotionally, physically, and monetarily balanced? Are you ready to live a life based on passion, purpose, and financial freedom? Then let's get the balance right. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Get the Balance Right Podcast. I am your host, Heather Zeitzwolf. On today's show, we are joined by Nedra Rezinas, who is a marketing strategist and consultant. She's also an instructor with the Small Business Design Center in Portland, Oregon, where she educates small business owners about web marketing. In this episode, we discuss the magic of referrals and how to leverage LinkedIn for this purpose. If you're an entrepreneur, especially one with a service-based business, then I'm sure you've discovered landing a new client can be very costly. In fact, Data shows that acquiring a new customer can cost five times more than retaining an existing one. But let's face it, to grow our companies, we generally need to acquire more clients. To reduce these acquisition costs, one of the most effective methods is through referrals. According to the Harvard Business Review, referred customers can increase your profit margin by 25%. They also noted that customers who found a business through word of mouth spend about 200% more than other customers. Wow, right? Here are some other interesting statistics regarding referrals. 92% of customers trust referrals from people they know. All right, that makes sense. Friends' social media posts influence the purchase decisions of 83% of online shoppers. That's pretty high. Consumers referred by a friend are four times more likely to buy, okay? And B2B companies with referrals experience a 70% higher conversion rate. Mmm, these are powerful numbers. The question is, are you utilizing referrals as effectively as you can be? I'm guessing you're not. Not because you're not great or anything, but because there's always room for improvement in this area. Referrals can come in different flavors, such as verbally from a friend or through a post by an influencer. Just think about that. Like if a friend tells you about something, you're probably more apt to check it out if you trust this friend. Now, if you are super into influencers, maybe if they post about it, you'd be like, "Mm, I'm on that for sure. Referrals can come free or can be compensated, such as affiliate marketing. Depending on your type of business and industry, One might make more sense than the other, but how does one get referrals? According to an article in Forbes, there are four important steps. The first is asking for the referral right after you make the sale. Ooh, that sounds kind of bold, but this article says it works. The second is to ask the person again for another referral. What? Yeah, This may sound pushy, but according to this article, although some folks might get a little irritated by this, surprisingly, many will immediately comply. Wow, okay. The third step is to make the referral as easy as possible. They suggested by sending them an email referral template. So the customer can either use this template to send to the referred person or create their own. 
But in providing this template, you make it easier for them to actually send the email to their friend to do this referral. Lastly, step four is to close the loop by thanking them. The article suggests that once you've made a sale with the referred party, that you then have them send an email to the person who referred them. Oh, it may not sound like an important step, but it can make a huge difference. If you try this four-step method, I would love to know how it worked out for you. Please send me a DM on Instagram. I would love to hear all about your results. On today's show, we are mostly focusing on LinkedIn for referrals. If you're not on the platform, oh my goodness, then you should be. One of the great things about LinkedIn is that you can do so much with the free version. I actually know very few people that have a paid version of LinkedIn. On episode 10 of this podcast, I spoke with Deborah Ashley, who is known as the LinkedIn Black Belt. She is a marketing strategist, consultant, and LinkedIn trainer. She also wrote the book, LinkedIn Insider, How to Leverage LinkedIn to Stand Out as the Industry Leader. That episode is full of ways to use the platform for marketing your business and your personal brand. So please check it out if you haven't heard that episode. I have links in the show notes for that. Our guest today, she has courses that can help you use LinkedIn more effectively. There's also links in the show notes as well for her courses. Okay, to discuss the magical powers of referrals, especially through using LinkedIn, here is my insightful interview with Nedra Rezinas. Nedra Rezinas, welcome to my podcast. Hi. Hi, it's great to be here. This is so great. Today we're going to be talking about LinkedIn and referrals. I would say the magic of referrals. Yeah, exactly. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself and all the things that you're up to. I'm a marketing coach and consultant. I help service-based professionals attract more clients and achieve their marketing goals. And a lot of times they aren't sure how to do the next steps or who to hire to accomplish what they need. I've helped different clients hire a web designer, hire a virtual assistant. It's a really crazy world in the marketing space if you are not in it and trying to figure out who to hire and how to get things done. So I help translate and bridge that gap. You've been in this business for a long time, but how did you start? It looks like you went to Lewis and Clark and you studied communication. Is that right? Yeah. Back then, websites were in their infancy. I think when my senior year, I built a website for a project because that was a new thing to do. That's the dinosaur that I am right now. It's funny. So many people that I've had on the podcast, their initiation into marketing was building a website. You are also involved in our local SBDC. Is that the correct acronym? You got it right. It's a mouthful. You teach with them. Can you explain a little bit about what you do for them? Jackie, my mentor there, she asked me to teach the web marketing class like four or five years ago because I've gotten a lot of mentorship through the SBDC and actually took one of their first business classes back in 2007. I've seen this whole solopreneur business structure grow over time. It was really exciting to be the one to actually receive the class to be able to teach it to new students. It's so wonderful because over the years, I keep in touch with the students and we've built relationships and we've worked together. I've helped them with their marketing and it's just nice to have that community. Now we're going to dive into this topic of referrals and LinkedIn. Why is LinkedIn such a platform for you? This has been really your niche, I would say, right? 
It is. A lot of it is because of who I chose to work with, especially around web design. I've been doing web design for over 15 years and I was really focused on that a few years ago and working with lots of law firms and realized that most of people in the legal industries hang out LinkedIn. It's a safe platform. It's the compliant friendly place they can actually do marketing because otherwise it's pretty restrictive. A business coach advised me to get serious about LinkedIn and learn how to use it and start connecting with people I didn't know because for a long time I was only connecting with people that I knew on LinkedIn. That was very limiting and I, I had no idea what I was doing. It was the summer of 2019. I got really serious and started taking classes about LinkedIn and figuring out, oh, I see what this is all about relationship building and, and the direct messaging. There's a lot of magic that happens in there and commenting and, and interacting with other people's posts. That's where things are happening. Let's back up. I want to define something real quick. You mentioned referral partners. In my web design business over the years, I have a lot of referral partners, which are basically someone who trusts me enough to recommend me to their client or their friend or their colleague to do work. It's so important to recognize those people because so many of my clients, that's the bread and butter of their work is based on clients that are referring them out. It's something that I really took upon myself to understand how I could be treating my own referral partners better and then help educate my clients on how to do that. With COVID, live networking has gone to the wayside. I'm not sure how BNI does it now, I would assume through Zoom. But now that the world is so interconnected through the internet, we can have clients anywhere. Do you think that these local networking groups are still beneficial? People do like to shop locals. What are your thoughts on a local networking group versus something like LinkedIn, which is more broad? That's a great question, Heather. One of the exciting things out of the pandemic that I've noticed is I was able to immediately start hopping in on networking groups across the country. And it was really fun because I got to get perspectives on what business owners are dealing with on the East Coast, down in Phoenix. I hopped on a few there and even just other parts of the country. I think it depends on the type of work you do. When it comes to like a brick and mortar or especially a lawyer, if they only can serve clients in Oregon, then those commerce BNI groups are probably a really good thing. And you're right. You said it. People like to support local communities and support local businesses. Right now, we're in this extreme kind of like rush into, we can have worldwide clients, we can have clients anywhere. But once we come out of this pandemic into post-pandemic world, we'll find a hybrid model that works for some and it'll calm down. But I think right now it's just this, whoa, Zoom has allowed us to do everything possible. When people are just starting out on LinkedIn, do you recommend starting with your own network or branching out and, and just talking to anybody you can? Or what are some of the tips that you would give somebody that doesn't have a large network on LinkedIn? What I recommend a lot of my clients do is just start reconnecting with old colleagues and old coworkers, people that you've known for the last 20 years that you probably haven't talked to in a long time. That's a low-hanging fruit. It's easy to engage with people you already know. And then you build up more confidence to start reaching out to new people. It builds upon itself, right? So if the more people you're connected with and you start posting and engaging, they're going to see it more on their feed and it basically start spending more time commenting with you and engaging with you. So it's to your benefit to at least start within your own network and branch out from there. Key is really networking and making connections and really getting to know people rather than just trying to like, I'm just going to sell at you. What are some tips that you can give people so that they don't come across so like salesy when they message you. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I don't know about you, Heather, but I get those spam DMs daily. And oh, man, it's so frustrating. You can tell they just copy and paste. They never looked at my profile. They don't even know what I do. I believe that at least what's worked for me and my clients is being authentic and having some even canned responses, which sounds a little counterintuitive, but hear me out. So basically having some really friendly messaging that you've already pre-written that sounds like you. And what I do in my course is I share some of those 
that people can use, but I, I really emphasize that you should actually say them out loud and then tweak them and put it in your own language because I'm sure whatever you put out there, Heather, you're not going to, you don't want to sound like me. You want to sound like you. And there's some colloquial terms or some sayings you have and people can tell it's pretty unique to how people communicate. And it's also great to just take a look at people's profiles and the fact you brought up Lewis and Clark, it's really endearing and touching when you actually look at what people are involved with. It makes it much more meaningful relationship building aspect. Hey there, this is Heather. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And if you are, if you wouldn't mind, please hit the subscribe button now. That way you'll never miss an episode. All right, now back to the podcast. For instance, I swear every day I get somebody that wants to connect with me that helps accountants grow their business. And I know just from that little thing that after their name, that's why they want to become friends with me they're not even introducing themselves. So it's pretty frustrating. Do you think that if you're trying to grow your network that you should just become friends with these people anyways, or should you be a little bit more selective about who you let into your network? I have a mentor. His philosophy is just to be open to everyone, but I find it can be a bit exhausting. Sometimes I've actually replied to some of those kind of salesy people and I say, hey, this approach isn't working. Why don't you try being yourself? And then I get some kind of bot response. I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? Sometimes I experiment to see if there are even any humans on the other side of it. What are some ways that people can actually build relationships using LinkedIn? Again, asking questions, being curious, being a naturally curious person is to your benefit. If you see someone that you might have someone in common with, ask, what are you trying to achieve this year? Is there someone I can introduce you to? I think that can be really helpful. Giving people resources that don't cost you anything but your time or just helping them find solutions. I think that's always a really great way to see if there's potential referral partnership in that, or if there's any kind of collaboration in the future too. How would you recommend opening up the loop for referrals with somebody like you think, oh, so-and-so's got my best interests at heart. Oh, they would recommend me. But the thing is that we are not at top of mind for everybody except for ourselves. Do you approach people to be like, hey, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine kind of thing? Or how do you initiate that? Recently, I met a few web designers that I'd love to refer work to them. I definitely do it carefully and just see what happens and see if the person that I referred worked out. And then I can know if they're in the future, good referrals. And I don't necessarily want the reciprocation. It's wonderful if it happens. But I think that's where my personal philosophy on those leads generating groups, it just doesn't work. It's forced. It has to be natural or else something's missing and it doesn't flow like it should. Sometimes I'll refer someone over and over, but they don't refer me back. That's fine. I'm happy just to give these clients or these colleagues or whoever's asking someone they can trust, someone who's going to solve their problem. I think that's really what it's about and that it's just a lot of trust happening. Besides LinkedIn, you also have a meetup group. It's the Wonder Woman group. You started that group, right? Yeah, I started that in 2016. It was a reaction to going to too many networking groups and not having a chance to talk to people. I was so frustrated. I'd be going to these generic networking groups and having the frustration of listening to a speaker for 45 minutes and then maybe having 10 minutes to network and going, wow, this was a waste of time. And I'm an ambivert. I understand extroverts and introverts. I get both sides. I wanted to create a safe space for both and tend to lean heavier on the introverts, but I wanted to have an opportunity for people to talk and meet other women and build connections and collaborate. And that is what's happened. It's been really wonderful to see that over the years. How has that been working through COVID? Are you meeting virtually? Yeah, we switched it to Zoom, which has worked out fairly well. I just, I do really miss meeting in person. This is a Portland meetup. Is this a chapter of something else or is this just what you started for yourself locally? 
I just created this out of, like I said, out of reaction to what I wanted and then realized a lot of other women wanted it too. They wanted a place to have facilitated discussions around subjects that interested them and safe space to talk to other women and meet other women business owners that have the same experiences. And are all of them in service-based businesses or have some sort of retail or is it mainly service? I'd say majority has been service, but there's definitely been some really lovely ladies who have had products that have come in. But I think how it works out, a lot of times you have more things in common when you have that service-based business versus the product. There's just so many different challenges that pop up. It's really been leaning more towards the service-based as it's grown. You've got a couple of courses that are about referrals and LinkedIn. Are these offered through your site or are these through LinkedIn Learning? How does someone find your courses? Yeah, they're just all through my website, nedrazinas.com. If you wouldn't mind, I would like to dive into some of the things that you offer in your course, if you don't mind giving us a sneak peek. Of course. So you have an interactive workshop, and one of it is defining the difference between a lead and a referral. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, I have to give credit to Stacey Brown Randall. She has a book out about generating authentic referrals. And I learned a lot reading that book. She was really stressing how a lead could be someone says, oh, you need a new landscaper. Okay, here's so-and-so. And then they don't really officially introduce someone or they just casually mention someone. Or again, it's just like out of, oh, I need to create more leads. Oh, here, I'll recommend you even though I really don't know if I trust you. Or it's just really just too casual, I think. A true referral is someone who usually these days, I think back in the day used to be on the phone, but email that you're introducing two people saying, okay, I think Heather is amazing at this. You should hire her. And I want to let you guys have the conversation. That's kind of the difference between a cold lead and a warm lead. Exactly. Yeah. And really someone vouching for someone and putting themselves on the line. I think that's really the important piece to note here that someone's credibility is being tested. You were offering us a free download for a tracker for referrals. Can you explain, besides getting your download, how do people track the referrals? What do you recommend? I struggle with this myself, so that's why I need to practice what I preach. So I think the key is to, it could just be an Excel spreadsheet or even in your CRM, but know who's referring you. And I think the key is to like always thank them, even if the referral doesn't work out, so that they understand that that was a good thing. Because a lot of times... I refer people and I never hear back. And I'm like, oh my God, did that work out? I don't know. And it makes me a little uneasy. But if someone can reinforce good behavior, that's probably going to lead towards more referrals. So I think that's really making sure that you are acknowledging it and you're thanking them and then perhaps giving them some kind of gift or incentive if it does work out to be like, hey, I really appreciate this here. A thoughtful gift can really be a great way to show your gratitude for that. Do you track the referrals that you give out or the ones that come in? Oh, just the ones that come in, the ones I give out. I do that almost daily. That's just karma playing itself out there. One of the interactive workshop things that you cover is how to shower your referrals with love. So is that with the gifts? Is that what you're referring to? I'm learning that, especially with certain professions, I help there's certain restrictions, especially like with financial advisors or lawyers, there's a certain monetary amounts and things they can and can't give. Just helping educate them on what are some safe things they can share and the pros and cons. And actually, there's this book called Giftology by John Rulin that really emphasized gift giving as something that should be high touch and should be really thoughtful. And some of the things he mentioned in there, it actually is a really good thread on LinkedIn happening right now about alcohol, how that can be a dicey one because one, maybe the person doesn't even like 
red wine you sent them. And two, maybe they're in recovery. And it was funny, like in this thread, we were talking about this book and how alcohol is a tricky gift. This one gentleman was saying he's in recovery. And he said that he still receives wine and alcohol as gifts. And he knows people are coming from a lot of gratitude and appreciation. So he just receives it and then re-gifts it and it's fine. I think if you get to know someone well enough, it's good to have a thoughtful gift. People remember that stuff for years. Yeah. A safe thing would be fruit. Right. Or a plant. There's a lot of safe ones out there. There's lots of really cool gift boxes. There's an endless amount. That's what I share in those workshops. I just found out a couple of little tricks that you can do in LinkedIn, but do you have any sort of backdoor LinkedIn kind of insight that you can give us that is on the free version? That's what's so nice about what I teach is because what I share is all free. I don't ever really encourage anyone to do LinkedIn premium unless they're trying to do the LinkedIn learning and have other agendas. One of the things I encourage people to experiment with, and I think it really is applicable to our time right now since we're not really seeing each other in person, is send video messages to people and say hi out of the blue. And not everyone's going to receive them the way you want them to, that's for sure. Some people are like not video people. So you have to just have that in mind. But especially if it's someone you haven't seen for a while, they'll probably appreciate to see your smiling face on their LinkedIn message and receive that well. And especially if it's something kind that you're sharing with them, that can really make someone's day. If you want to do something with LinkedIn where you're sending a message and it's video, do you have to use some kind of tool like Loom or use your phone or how would you recommend doing that? Yes. Great question. The easiest way is to just use the app on the phone. And I just learned this about a year ago. There's a button you can hit to record and you can do audio messaging too. You don't have to just do a video. You can actually do an audio message. That can be even better if you're not comfortable with video or you just know that person will receive it better. And that's just straight through the messaging in LinkedIn. Yep. Okay. Wow. Well, the thing that I just found out and you probably know this, but you can actually download the information of all the people that you are connected with. And then you can sort that information. I had no idea you could do that. Yeah, I've heard of that. It's been a while since I've thought about that. But that's very powerful. Yeah, because you can look at what industries they are. I don't know how that would play into the referral part. But were there other tips or tricks that you wanted to talk about with LinkedIn or any other kind of referrals? There is another nice feature for your profile page that is really nice for me because I have a name that's hard to pronounce. I think it's 10 seconds. You can record your voice and you can basically have on your profile where you state how to pronounce your name and then a short message of what you do. I think it's great because I want to pronounce people's names correctly. And it's nice to hear someone's voice. Again, because we're in this pandemic era, it's this nice little personal touches that make a difference and they stand out more than ever. If people want to get referrals, should they put in LinkedIn, you can put these little things like, I'm open to referrals. I'm open to whatever. Do you recommend people do that? Or is that just a given that people are open to referrals? I think it's all about curating and knowing that's something else I work with clients on is like, who is a good referral? Let's define that first, because it's going to be different for every single person. But certain industries, of course, lend well to that. Because right now, my people that usually refer me are other web designers, copywriters, video people, graphic designers. They're folks that know, oh, this client needs help with their marketing before they work with me. Oh, Nedra could help define that and align with them. And then they're going to be more prepared to work with a web designer than and if you know, I was to work with them now, I think it's so important to do that legwork beforehand so that you can, you can identify someone when you meet them on LinkedIn. For people that want to learn more about you, where do you hang out the most? Is it LinkedIn? Yeah, I, I'm on there a lot. And I love just commenting and engaging and being curious. And I think I've actually have made new relationships and friendships in the pandemic through LinkedIn. It's incredible. It's been a really amazing tool. I have also, I think that 
referrals is a great way to meet people. And especially through LinkedIn, it's just absolutely amazing. Besides hanging out on LinkedIn, how can people find you? You have your courses, so that's really cool. But how else can people work with you directly? One of the things I offer is Launch Your Marketing. It's a four-session package where we can really define that 90-day roadmap, that custom roadmap of what you're trying to achieve. And a lot of times there's a website in the roadmap where there's starting up your own webinars and I can help people figure out the first steps of all that and then who to hire to execute on it. And so they just have that footing so they're not left wondering, what am I doing? And they can really up-level their business. So that's pretty exciting. I've helped quite a few business owners with that package. Wow. And so you're really facilitating it all. And then they work with other people that actually do the artwork or whatever it is. That- yeah, I really help them figure out who's going to do the done for you part where I'm more of the strategic planning. I've been in the business so long. I have all this amazing referrals and people to recommend and different flavors of folks. So they're like, oh, I need a web designer that does this. Okay, yeah, I know someone. Let's introduce you and see if it's a good fit. Very cool. Well, Nedra, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks. It was great, Heather. Thanks for having me. Hey, this is Heather. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you found value in the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave me a rating on iTunes or just simply tell a friend about it. And if you're interested in learning more about my profit advising and coaching, please set up a discovery call by using the link in the show notes. All right. Thanks so much and see you next time.